the wormhole, probably about to burn. In the white tunnel, are you ever gonna learn? See a land, probably gonna merge. Gonna be dead, laying in the dirt. Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd. What's up? This is Jared Gray, and with my co-host Jordan Rains, with the IDP 411, we have the Dynasty Chef in the background. Gonna be covering the AFC South. What's up, fella? How you doing? Not much. Good morning. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. You know, just adapting and being ready. It's hot yeah. down here in the south. Yes, sir. It is. I'm in Missouri. It's been <laughs> it's been scorching the past few days, so I'm right there with you. But uh, hey, RDP Army. Hope you guys are well. Hope you guys are doing good during this time of uh, general unrest in the world. Hope you are watching and learning and making wise decisions and having uh, good conversations with all the people you love. It's really important, but we're here today to talk about, excuse me, something else that's kind of important, and that's football, and that's fantasy football, and that's IDP fantasy football, and that's what we do. So we're here for you guys. We're going to talk today about the AFC South, a very, uh, kind of like last week's division, a very IDP-rich division. Um, and we're just going to go ahead and start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably the most IDP rich team in the division. Um, so, you know, we got these middle linebackers. We know Joe Schobert and we know Miles Jack. They're both going to be, you know, guys you're going to want on your teams this year. They have proven to be very valuable commodities in the past. Um, let's just start there. What, do, what are you expecting out of Joe Schobert as he makes this move? you know, from the Browns down to Jacksonville, Jared. I mean, he had a great season, obviously, in 19. He had a great season in 18 as well. But he does find himself on a new team. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, last last year, 103 total tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, four quarterback hits, nine pass deflections, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Uh, I mean, he was an all-pro player last year in, you know, for sure should have been. And him moving to a middle linebacker, I think only helps the Jaguars. I think he's a great player. I, you know, you know, it's funny. I talked about his coming out of college the other day in my Zach Bond video. Um, he wasn't real flashy coming out of college at all. And I think he's just one of those guys who's a really good study of the playbook. And Jackson was falling in love with him. And, some teams think that they can move on from a player, and I think Joe Schobert is so meticulous in what he does. I think it's actually a big loss for the Browns, you know, and let's be real, the Browns can't afford to lose good players, and Jacksonville is going to get a stud in Joe Schobert, especially with Telvin Smith gone and all that stuff going on with him now. So they need some, some love in the linebacker field, and Miles Jack really hasn't produced – what we thought he would do. Yeah. And I think it's just going to be a steal for them. Yeah, Miles Jack definitely struggled last year when he did kind of get his opportunity, which was kind of disappointing. I know a lot of people, myself included, had high hopes for him, especially with Telvin Smith, you know, not coming back. We found that out around this time last year. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think he – I think the Browns lost a really good guy. I have Joe Schobert in my top 10 for dynasty linebackers. I've got him in my top five for linebacker for redraft linebackers. You know, he's just produced and you just kind of have to go with it and you have to believe. And that's a productive spot down in Jacksonville. Um, Miles Jack, like we kind of talked about him a little bit. I think he's more of a linebacker two, three this year. 
I think I might have a few good weeks, but we'll just have to see how the whole thing shakes out. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about Yannick Ngakwe quickly here. We still don't know exactly where he's going to play this season. He's expressed interest in playing elsewhere, but uh, he's been really a model of consistency for your defensive line and IDP for the past several years. You know, I mean this this you could I'm going to read you his eight nineteen stats, but I mean you could honestly almost just put these into any year he's played football, and they're very similar. Forty one tackles, fifteen tackles for loss. Eight sacks, 17 quarterback hits, six pass deflections, an interception, four forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. He's always been, you know, disruptive. He had four fumble recover or forced fumbles this year. He led the league, I believe, in 17 uh, with eight or nine forced fumbles. So you know, an IDP. I mean, that's some that's some money right there on top of the sacks. Um, another thing that you know that I like to see about Yannick, especially, is you know he's. He's active in engaging the passer besides just hitting him. He gets pass deflections. And that's something that I've kind of been studying a little bit in these defensive linemen is, okay, we everybody we know we're going to want to get eight, nine, ten sacks, but who are these guys who are doing the other stuff? And it's interesting because Joey Bosa, for instance, who's a guy we're all very high on and everybody's high on, in five years in the league, the guy's only got – I think he's got four pass deflections, four or five. He gets almost, he almost does nothing in that department. I mean, he's just a rush-the-passer guy. He's not concerned if you're about to throw it up and he's not close. Um, you know, in an IDP fantasy football, you know, Joey Bosa is still a stud, but you have to, you know, keep in the back of your mind, maybe he doesn't offer you the kind of true upside that some of these other guys do, like um, – Oh, we talked about him last week, Carlos Dunlap, who averages, you know, seven, eight, nine pass deflections a year. I mean, that's, you know, an extra 20, 30 points in, in you know, IDP one, two, three scoring. And a guy like Joey Bosa just isn't getting that for you. So yeah, circling back to Yannick Ngakwe, I really enjoy the fact that he is a, he's an engaged player. No matter where he is on the field, he'll rush somebody down. If the ball goes past him for a tackle, he will, you know, fight to make the sack. And he's not scared to hop up and try and bat a pass down. And that's even playing some rotational stuff. So I really, you know, I think it's going to, I think he's going to have to play Jacksonville again this year. I mean, it was kind of like this last year. Do you think he's going to be able to get away? Or do you think he'll be an in season? Um, I think, I think for, for sure he's there for the season. I think he's a guy that they expect to move on eventually from. But I think he could have such a big year with Josh Allen next to him and the emergence of what Josh Allen will be on the other side. With Clay's Campbell gone, I think you'll really be on it. And, I mean, you, you you can talk to talk all you want to about moving on, but if if Yannick gets paid there and he has a monster year and they're in contention again like they were a couple years ago, which they very easily could be, mm-hmm. um, watch out, man. I, he, could, he could flip the script and find a big contract with them. You know, there's – Nothing to say that he wouldn't. He he's one of the more experienced players. I'm not going to say an older player because he's still pretty young. Yeah. Um, but he's got a lot of good seasons. Under and he's so belt. consistent. Yeah, I mean he's so consistent, and I I personally think that he's going to have a monster year. I think he's going to be, you know, upper twenties in the quarterback hurry aspect, uh, quarterback hits. I think he'll be in mid twenties or so. I, I mean, we talked about the game last year that was in London. I mean, how many times quarterback hurries did he have in that game? Six or seven? He should have had, he so, I mean, had the job. So yeah, he came so close to sacking Deshaun Watson. I felt like every down in that game, but he just never did. 
So there's a couple of good pass rushers there. Let's talk about this guy, the rookie, real quick, Lavon Chason. He's also been added to the pass rush mix. Um, you know, he played outside linebacker at LSU. We have to assume, are you? You know, in my mind, it's going to be a lot like last year, where it's you know where they're going to try to get their three best guys on the field as much as they can together. But you know, with his with his ability to play some linebacker, you know, and that's also what Josh Allen did as he trans as he trans um, as he transitioned to a defensive end. What do you, what do you think about Chase on there? What do you do you do you see him? You know, maybe pushing into the you know he had six and a half sacks last year at LSU. Do you think he could have that this year in the NFL? There's a good place to start. Over under six and a half sacks as a rookie for this guy. Honestly, I love the number. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's dead on. I think it's going to be a push. Uh, I think it's going to be six. Uh, so I think it's a good push. I think uh, you know with guys moving on and. I think you'll see Avery Williamson, or sorry, not Avery Williamson, uh, the other Williams brother, really get pushed out in that aspect. Yeah, Quincy. Um, Quincy, yeah. So, and I like Quincy. Don't get me wrong. And I love, you know, him from a small school. But Clavon Chase, I mean, you saw him. You know, you've seen him. You've seen him live. You've seen tape of him. The kid's real, dude. And I'd love, love to see if he was a little bit bigger and stuff like that. But, dude, you want to talk about a team that's young and hungry? Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars with Clavon Chase on. Maybe. You know, Josh Allen. Jonathan Cobb the experience. I like it. It's a good. That's a good number. Six and a half. I mean, I don't think I, he'll get 13 tackles for a long time. I mean, unless I get this twisted. But. Yeah, I like six and a half. I think that was a, a solid number two and a good push. Let's um, talk to a guy who was talk about a guy that was a rookie there last year, Josh Allen. We love Josh Allen around here. Um, you know, we were pretty high on him coming into last year. We were all concerned because of you know the Campbell Yannick thing, but he ended up producing. Uh, he finishes top easily as a top twenty guy in IDP one two three scoring. I don't have it right right in front of me to pull up. Sorry about that, but I've got him ranked in my top ten and redraft next year. And he's like top seven, I think in my uh, dynasty seven or eight. I mean, what you saw from Josh Allen last year, I mean, it was just, you saw a guy that could get to the quarterback. You saw a guy that was long, that was bendy, that was fast. I mean, for a rookie, he was strong. I want to emphasize that. Like for a rookie, he didn't look like he needed to bulk up. It didn't look like he was overmatched. Um, he looked very capable. I mean, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, and Josh Allen were all three, you know, your cream of the crop pass rushers from last season. Um, I actually wrote an article about all three of them on Dynasty Nerds, if anybody's interested in going to check that out. But, um, you know, Josh Allen just 10 and a half sacks. I mean, that was more than uh, Nick Bosa. 23 quarterback hits. That was right behind Nick Bosa. I believe Nick Bosa ended up with, I think, 25. 44 total tackles. He played under 700 snaps. That's pretty good. You know, 11 tackles, 11 tackles for loss. So Josh Allen to me is the future at uh, at pass rusher right now in Jacksonville. I like Yannick. I like him a little bit more. I've got Yannick at 13 going into the year right now. Um, but Josh Allen's a guy that's just going to keep getting better and just keep developing, and they're just going to keep putting pieces around him. I mean, think about it. He played with Clayus Campbell and Yannick last year. You know, we lost Campbell, but now he gets to have Joe Schobert, you know, in the background now. We are You already know if you listen to our show, you watch us, you know, we, we love Joe Schobert. We don't, we don't water it down around here. All pro Joe is what we call him, and that's because he plays like an all pro player. 
You know, he just got stuck on a team that was kind of garbage last year and didn't get recognized. His best game of the season also happened to be the game that Miles Garrett went bananas on Mason Rudolph, and just nobody paid attention to him, unfortunately, until it was too late. So um, Josh Allen, though, top 10 guy for me going into this season. Do um, you have any comments about Josh Allen before we talk about their safeties a little bit? Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you that Josh Allen will be a top 10 in every category. Mm-hmm. Sacks, quarterback, or the, the following categories. Sacks, quarterback, hits, quarterback hurries, and tackles for loss. I can see it. I could see it. With Calais Campbell gone, I mean, he was already a top 10 guy with Calais Campbell and Yannick there, and he got less than 700 snaps. They obviously saw something where they moved on from Calais Campbell, who was a team captain, by the way. And I think you see, and, and I, I've always been high on Josh Allen, and I think that he's the future there, and they believe he's the future there. I think he gets close to 50, you know, 12 to 15 sacks. They got 10 and a half as a rookie and under 700 snaps. I think he gets every bit of probably 30 quarterback hits, and he got 23 last year. So I, I think 30 is no problem. I think you might even see the upwards of 40. I know people are crazy about that, but it can easily happen. J.J. Watt's monster year a couple years ago, I think you can see that from Josh Allen. He's athletic. He's fast. He's got a great bend like you talked about. We have a great video on him. I mean, he just shows all day long how good he really is. And I've got nothing but praise about the guy. Like I said, I got him in a steal in a draft, and I will not ever you know, go him. away from talking about how good he is. I will never trade him. No, he's he's a guy that I think going to be emergent. Yep, agree. Of, what you expect? I think he's the, and I'm really saying this. I think he's the next Daniel Hunter. Yeah, I mean, this last year's pass rush class. I mean, I'm actually working on this. The article I wrote about those three guys I just mentioned for Dynasty Nerds. It's a two-parter because there were so many good defensive linemen and edge rushers last year, and I and I had to cut it off. Like I was going to add more guys, and I was like, I, this article is getting out of hand. Like I've got to focus on these important guys. But you know, 2000, 2018 that draft class, or 2019 last year's draft class, that was the year to go get a defensive lineman. A lot like this year was the is the year to go get a wide receiver. So. So many guys so deep. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple other guys on that list here. You know, Jeffrey Simmons is another guy that had a good year. You know, we'll get around to Ed Oliver. Cleveland Farrell, we'll bring him up eventually. I mean, but, I mean, there's so many guys to pick from last year on, on your defensive line. So, Josh Allen, one of the best. Maybe maybe he might end up being the best in this class, in that class so we'll see. Um, real quick, let's talk about the safety situation. we got Ronnie Harrison. As the strong safety in Jacksonville, and then we got Jared Gerard Wilson as the free safety in Jacksonville. Um, I played Ronnie Harrison a good bit last year. He got a little banged up toward or around the middle of the season, but he still ended up, you know, the year fairly well. You know, he was getting pass deflections for me. He was getting, you know, high tackle numbers pretty much. Um, you know, Alabama guy, if, I, if I'm correct on that, if I remember right. Um, but I like Ronnie Harrison. He's pretty young. You know, they invested the draft capital on him. Let me look here real quick. He had nine pass deflections last year in 14 games. So, I mean, that's pretty good. He had two sacks as well, 71 total tackles. 
he did get banged up a little bit, but to me, Ronnie Harrison's a guy, I know he's in, he's firmly in my top 25 defensive backs. Um, and then Gerard Wilson's a guy that I call him a streamer because, you know, you'll usually be able to pick him up, drop him again. But I like Gerard Wilson as a, you know, deep bench kind of guy just to use when I need to. Do I have him on a couple of my bigger dynasty teams? So what do you think about these two safeties, you know, going forward? Uh, obviously, I don't think they're top-tier guys. I don't think I don't think they're the cream of the crop guys, but I'm with you. They're guys I can grab third. I'm so, I'm so deep in my safety groups, uh, my three IDP or my five IDP leagues that I'm in. Uh, I just got into two more. I don't own any of them except for Ronnie Harrison in any of my other leagues. But if Ronnie Harrison can stay healthy, I think that he can be a top 25 guy for, or top 20 guy for sure. Yeah. He definitely has that. He has the ability in my opinion. Yep. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for the Jags. Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's go to the Colts. The Colts. Um, you know, their defense was kind of meh putty the past, a couple of years back, and then all of a sudden they start stepping up, and Frank Wright got there and started making some good decisions. They added uh, my, my boy, one of my guys from last year, DeForest Buckner, to the team. He got added this year. Um, that's a huge upgrade for the middle for them. They were rocking Danico Autry and some other guy I don't really remember. Now they have an all-pro player, a proven commodity, a guy that's been nothing but consistent. You know, he puts up basically 55, 60 tackles a year, never misses a game. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. You know, he also gets a few pass deflections here and there. Uh, DeForest Buckner, probably, in my opinion, one of the – most underrated uh, IDP players in the NFL. Um, he got he's getting a little. People are coming around to him a little bit more though. Finally, um, I mean, listen to these numbers: sixty-three or seventy-three, sixty-one, sixty-seven, sixty-two. Those are his combined tackles. I mean, that's consistency right there. Quarterback hits. He basically pushes up into the teens every year. He's had twenty and twenty-two years. He had fourteen last year. He came down a little bit, but he still had his second most sacks of his career last year, which was set two and a half, seven and a half. So to go now and play with um, Justin Houston on that line, um, and Justin Houston's a guy that I'm, I was also very big on last year, and I, he was one of my sleepers. People are just, you know, guys hit 28, 29, 30, and everyone's like, oh, they suck. And it's like, mm, that's not really how it goes. It can feel like that, but it's a bias. You have to look past that. But DeForest Buckner moving there, I think you can just pencil him in again for another 60 tackle, or 60 tackle year, two or three pass deflections, seven, eight sacks. Um, and now that they have a, a more competent quarterback there, he might be in a situation where he can rush the passer a little bit more. And he's so versatile, he can move inside, outside. Um, and then, of course, you know, like I said, we have uh, Houston, Justin Houston, ex-chief ex guy I really like there as well on that defensive line. Both these guys are, you know, quality pieces. Like I said, this is an IDP-rich division. Um what what are your thoughts about the move for Buckner, and do you think, and how much do you think this helps Justin Houston in his uh, ability to get to the quarterback? Uh, so I'm with you. Uh, love the fact that I think it helps both players. Uh, I think Justin Houston, let's be real, three years ago was one of the best players in the league. I mean, when he was with Kansas City, you know, what do you have? 21, 20 and a half, 20 tackles, 21, 22 sacks in one season, which was crazy to me. You know, and then you add a guy who's consistent as DeForest Buckner, who was a little surprised they moved on from, you know, but again, it was contract time and, 
you know, he was a first round draft pick. They got a first round draft pick for him. They got a guy who's probably going to be very serviceable, you know, at San Francisco. But Houston is so good. I think it makes both of them a lot better. I actually think it helps Houston more than it helps DeForest Buckner, though, um, because nobody was really there to push the line. You know, you could focus on Justin Houston, who still had a really solid year last year. But you're bringing DeForest Buckner. You got a guy they have to focus on. You know, you got to – honestly, my favorite addition to the group, which helps those two out, is Xavier Rhodes. Now, Xavier Rhodes two years ago was one of the best corners in the league, if not the best corner in the league, if you really look at the stats and his coverage ability. The percentage thrown to him was under 50%, which is amazing in the NFL. And then you have Rocky Sin, who's – we've already said is really solid. Kari Willis, love him in the back. I think, I mean, he had 70 some tackles last year, which is crazy uh, solo wise. And then like you're, you're seeing guys just really come up. Walker's played really well. Uh, Darius Leonard, obviously the consensus number one linebacker, you know, I think Houston has a monster year because of DeForest Buckner and adding Xavier Rhodes, which is why it's so hard for me to trade him in a lot of leagues. Um, I've had some offers. He's a guy that I think in a dynasty league, I can understand you trading him. I think, you know, he might have two, three more years, you know, because he was ravaged with injuries earlier. But, man, he played a whole season last year. So, mm -hmm. you know, he he's, he has a niche right now. He, he loves where he's at. Um I like it, man. I I don't love where they're at on the other side, but I think honestly, this team is stacked. If you yeah. really look at it, with Walker, Leonard, Rhodes, Sin, Kari Willis, Buckner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Okreki, who's uh, a rookie from last year. We'll watch out, man, and, and you know, and somebody else that they added and people aren't talking about, and watch out, Malik Cooker. You, your days are numbered is Julian Blackman. I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, Malik Hooker's days are numbered. I like it. I like it. Tell them. I think it, if I look at some stuff here on uh, Justin Houston, it's interesting. We we're just talking about pass deflections, you know, saying I like guys that get you a little bit extra. You know, I'm always looking for that. It's funny. Uh, every year of Justin Houston's career, he's had multiple pass, well, at least one pass deflection you know, in Kansas City, but he did play that outside linebacker position and the 3-4, which they make you drop into coverage more. He plays one year as a defensive end with Indiana, with the Indianapolis Colts, and he has his first year with zero pass deflections. But he did reach 11 sacks. He hasn't broken double-digit sacks since 2014. So, you know, it's a give and take. Um, but I like – I think him – I think DeForest getting there, I think both those guys are going to be great options. I've got them both in my top 20 going into the season – um, let's just get let's get to the kingpin himself. Let's talk about Darius Leonard. Um, only played 13 games this last year. Still had 121 tackles, six quarterback hits as a middle linebacker, five sacks as a middle linebacker. Woo, that's scary. 13 games, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. I don't think we have the interceptions up here on this graphic, but the man also had five interceptions last year. Again, in 13 games. Um, he is the consensus number one linebacker because he is the best, most versatile defensive player in the NFL. I mean, it's him or, in my opinion, as far as just being the best all-around defensive player or Jamal Adams. Um, 
and they 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 have similar games. They can get up on the line. They can play the middle. They can play coverage, and wherever they're at, they can beat whoever they're on nine times out of ten. Um, they're cornerstone defensive pieces, and Darius Leonard, you know, might go down as one of the best linebackers of all time if he can stay healthy. Because I mean, every time he's on the field, he's just a walking big play. Um, so what do, you, what do you think about, you know, we know he's good. We know he's great. Give us a little bit of commentary on him. But tell us a little bit about these other guys that are you know, on either side of him, Bobby Okrecki and Anthony Walker, both who I think will end up being serviceable this year. Uh, well, Walker was serviceable last year, but a lot of it was because early in the season, Darius Leonard was out with a concussion for three weeks. So um, I think that's why Walker was so serviceable last year. But the good thing about him is – is Jarius Leonard gives his support to Walker. I mean, he he has things about praise about him. And but when you talk about Jarius Leonard, like I said, he's the consensus number one linebacker in the league. He knows he's that good. I mean, he's he's ridiculous. He play waiting to happen. He's consistent. He's clutch. I mean, this play shows it enough. I mean, an interception at the end of the ball game in a very important role, he comes up big, you know, and it just shows you how good he is. You know, this is a big pick by him. And, yeah, you know, if, if you're watching the videos, you know, that's what that's what we're showing right now. Um, he, you know, it's 30 to 23, you know, 30 seconds left inside the 50. My man comes up with an interception. Could, and honestly, probably could have ran the football back and he stops, you know, and, Dude, but I'm with you. I like Ogrecki. Um, you know, Ogrecki got a lot of hate for some misstrewed stuff at Stanford. Um, like I said, he's from Stanford. He's a really smart guy, really solid. You know, I, I like how players are known or become players because someone went and watched him at the Senior Bowl. And Darius Leonard is that guy. They're, I mean, their GM will tell you well, they fell in love with Darius Leonard at the Senior Bowl, which is why he was drafted, you know, where he was and. Let's be real. In the fantasy lane, Darius Leonard's the number guy, number one guy to grab. I legit watched Darius Leonard go in the second, first pick in the second round in a dynasty league. It's a real thing. I mean, he's a league. So, I mean, he it is, is a league. Yeah, I mean, he's but, the CMC of linebackers. I mean, he is the you know Michael Thomas of line of linebackers. I mean, he is the Patrick Mahomes of linebackers. I mean, there's guys that can go stride for stride with him for a, a little while in the season, but eventually he just pulls away, and he's the best. I mean, and we've seen it two years in a row now, once where he's been hurt a little bit, once where he's just been an absolute monster. I mean, I went back and looked at the point differential of his rookie year between him and the linebacker two in IDP 1-2-3 scoring, and it was like 70 points difference. I mean, it was like looking at CMC versus uh, Aaron Jones this year. I mean, it was like the gap between one and two is just it's a chasm. So he's an elite guy. I don't blame anybody for reaching for him, especially in Dynasty, because he's just going to give you a, an advantage because of the ways that he can be successful compared to a bread and butter tackler who he can do that. And then he's also just going to crush in all the extras. So and I'm with you, too. I think Okreki and Walker both are going to be serviceable, but I don't think they'll ever be able to really shine into you know a top 12 kind of role with you know an absolute beast like leonard there um quickly i want to touch on 
you know, you brought up Kari Willis for a second. He was a guy that I somebody was somebody asked. I was in a trade question on Twitter the other day, and it was basically essentially came down to would you trade a 2022? So this is a pick that is not going to actually produce any points for your team for about 850, 900 days as a rookie, fourth, a fourth rounder for Kari Willis. And there were several guys on there who were saying, no, they wouldn't do it. They'd rather keep the pick. I was one of the few people that said I would do it. Kari Willis in nine games started had 71 tackles this last year. Um, that number can go up and that number will go up this year. Uh, to get a guy that's floor 71 tackles for a fourth round pick that is not going to put any points on your team for, again, almost 900 days at best. That player that you draft in the fourth in 2022 has to actually get a starting job to get you any points. I would 100 percent, 100 times out of 100, trade that pick for Kari Willis, a guy that I can drop into my defensive back two spot every every week, probably for the next two years. So. I think there's a little bit of hesitation with Kari Willis because we don't have enough data points to feel comfortable to have an opinion about him that would suggest that he's better than a pick. But Kari Willis is going to be a beast. I mean, he's 24 years old, nine games started. Um, the Like you said, Malik Hooker experiment is pretty much over with. Um, you know, I think Kari Willis is going to be a, a beast for IDP fantasy this next year. I can easily see him breaking into that 85 tackle range. Um, and he's on a he's on a, a team that has a lot of disruptors on it. Justin Houston, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner. Um, so if anybody's trying to, you know, rain on Kari Willis's parade, it's not us. So we're telling you guys Kari Willis is going to be a very useful producer for your fantasy team, a lot more useful than a fourth-round pick um, from 2022. Um, so go get Kari Willis. Let's go ahead and move on out of this out of this team. Let's head to the Titans. We're about 30 minutes in. Tennessee Titans. Now, this is a team that is not a big brand name team right now. I mean, they kind of came on strong last year, but they have a lot of really sneaky kind of IDP players on this team. And let's just kind of start with some of their sneakier guys at linebacker, in my opinion. I think Harold Landry and um, Rashawn Evans are not gonna getting enough love. Everybody wants to talk about Jayon Brown. We know Jayon Brown's good. We've seen it. Like, he's been great. But last year, Jayon Brown, the difference between Jayon Brown and the difference between Rashawn Evans last season was not as big as I think a lot of people think it was. Um, Rashawn Evans had 239 points last year in IDP 1-2-3 scoring, which was more than Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown had 232 but everywhere I look, people are saying, draft Jayon Brown. He's the guy you want. He's the guy you should be taking first. He's the guy that's worth it. Um, and I think that's just well, a, a lot of it's because of the injury. Yeah. I a mean, little bit of it. I mean, the year before that, the year before that, I mean, uh, IDP 1, 2, 3 scoring, Jayon Brown was 300 points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so, a top guy. But I mean, Jayon Brown only missed two games. I mean, it wasn't that big of an injury. I mean, it's not like he was dead and gone i mean you know, he missed the games but he left the game early you're you're right you're right you're right i just want to point out you know we know jayon brown's good everybody's going to tell you jayon brown's good i want you to know that rashawn evans is a good idp asset and i want you to know that you can play him confidently as a linebacker too and you're going to be able to draft him as a linebacker three or a four and he's going to keep up okay so i'm going to 
Because so we talked about how good the Titans were defensively last year, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be better this year. I'm ready for this, right? I need you. I need you to sit back a little bit on me. I'm ready, okay, Jeffrey Simmons. I got my helmet on. Right, rookie last year. Um, once he came in, I mean, his first game, he blew up, had a tackle for loss, and forced fumble like instantly. Okay, so Jeffrey Simmons, young kid, solid, comes back. A big move by by then. People love and hate this guy, Vic Beasley. Um, honestly, loved it, loved him at right outside linebacker. I think he's in a good position there. I think it's the right move for them. So they helped their defensive line by Jeffrey Simmons going to be healthy finally because he's already a monster. That dude is scary looking. Harold Landry, you know, at the left outside linebacker. We already talked about it. we we love Harold Landry. I mean, we, we both are big high on him. Yeah. Jaron Brown, Rashawn Evans in the middle. Um, I like Jack Crawford, you know, as much as anybody. Uh, I don't like Daquan Jones as much. I think that I, I don't like him as much as Simmons, I'll tell you that. I think Jeffrey Simmons is climbing a lot of boards in the aspect that people just don't know him. And if you, you know, want to check out my rookie IDP 411 on him last year, I was really – I mean, he, I put him in my top 25 knowing he had an ACL injury coming, you know, going to the combine. But that's how high I'm on this kid. I mean, he could he could really make a move this year. And I don't know, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the guy. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. He's so. actually – that article I was telling you about, he's going to – in my part two, uh, that's will be up on Dynasty Nerds hopefully by the end of this week. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons was the last player I highlighted. Uh, he's – yeah, I'm with you there. He's going to be an elite uh, – not an elite. He could be an elite, though. I mean, he had like 30-something tackles in nine games. Um, so, I mean, for a D-tackle to just even to get into that 30 range is generally a good sign, especially for a rookie. But to do it in nine games, um, you know, he's got some skills. But I want to circle back real quick to Rashawn Evans just to continue my little banter. You know, he didn't have he doesn't do a lot in coverage, zero pass deflections last year. Okay, that's not great. But he did have nine tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits, two and a half sacks. And there was something that came out yesterday that said that they're talking about using him to rush the passer a little bit more. So now that we're hearing that, you know, you said they got Vic Beasley there and Harold Landry. Um, these are all three guys. Well, I'm not really high, high on Vic Beasley, but you know, Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry are two guys besides Jayon Brown that I think they're going to score close to whatever Jayon Brown scores. I mean, again, even this year they were pretty dang close. Um, Harold Landry had 225. Um, Rashawn Evans had 239, and Jayon Brown had 232. So they were all within 20 points of each other. And the only guy you're probably going to hear people really talking up is Jayon Brown, and that's a mistake. So. You know, if you can't get Jayon Brown, don't be scared to get one of these other guys on your team a little bit later. They're going to be productive. Um, let's talk about their safeties. You know, Kenny Vaccaro, he's kind of a just a – to me, he's kind of just a bleh defensive back. Um, I know he's one of the better – He's anything what people expect him to be coming out of college. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I, I – mean, he's had 100 tackle season, but since then, I mean, it's been pretty – pedestrian actually this last year was his best season since then he had 84 uh combined tackles which wasn't wasn't, wasn't bad but no you know, three tackles for loss only five pass deflections um no forced fumbles in two years i mean he's 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 just a guy 
to me um, as far as IDP. You know, I, he's in that same category for me as a Minka Fitzpatrick, as a, um, a Ronnie Harrison kind of guy. Like, I think they're solid quality twos, but I'm really not banking on them to push into that one category like I would a guy like John Johnson or – you know, like Buda Baker, who, you know, these guys are really solidified themselves as tackling machines, um, you know. But what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Vaccaro going into uh, Not huge on Vaccaro, obviously. Um, I do like the – I like Kevin Beard. I think he's really solid. I, I think that he's consistent, which is, you know, he's a, he's a floor guy for me, and that's why I like Kevin Beard. I think he's, you know, got a solid floor. I think he's – Somebody that you can depend on in that aspect. Um, but who's the one player? Like, give me a player that nobody's talking about and might not even be a starter for you on the Titans, but you think that could have a big year. For you, I think it's probably Rashawn Evans. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, I'm just circling back to Rashawn Evans. I said something the other day. I've just been thinking about it a lot. He's just. He did, nobody wants to talk about him. Nobody wants to talk him up. Nobody wants. And even last year when he was doing well, it was like, well, he's just Rashawn Evans. I mean, he's just putting points on your fantasy team. I mean, isn't that what you want? And he's doing, you know, maybe it's not the way that, you know, you can stat it out. Maybe your spreadsheet didn't have him down for all that nonsense. But I mean, he's a good player. And, you know, if Woodward, somebody said, uh, Mike Waller commented on something I said yesterday, you know, if, if Woodward, or Wood, whatever his name was, the older dude. You know who I'm talking about. Wood, Woodley, Woodyard. Woodyard. That's it, Woodyard. If he wouldn't have been there his rookie year, this guy probably would have popped off sooner. And I'm, you know, I'm inclined to agree with him. I mean, if you get on PFF too, which I don't spend a lot of time over there because there's, I mean, it's kind of a overload, but he was top 10 graded as a pass rusher for a middle linebacker. So, I mean, he's got skill sets that other linebackers not necessarily don't have. Like I said, his pass deflections aren't great, but – we can make up with that in other spots. So, Titans got some. Good okay, guys. I'm gonna give you somebody. I'm gonna give you somebody that you're gonna have to. And you're in a 52 team league, right? Yeah, I don't know. Or 52 player league, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm gonna give you somebody to look at, and you need to really think about this. He's also on the team. David Long Jr. from West Virginia. He didn't play hardly at all last year. I mean, barely at all. Coming off an injury, coming from West Virginia. Uh, he's a lot like Jayon Brown, twitchy, 5'11", 230-pound guy. Um, he had two tackles for loss, nine solos last year, and didn't have a single start as a rookie. Hmm. But I'm telling you right now, he's so twitchy. Watch out. This dude could seriously make a role to jump in and play some ball. I mean, he had 169 tackles at West Virginia, 77 uh, sorry, 169 solo tackles at West Virginia, um, 246 total tackles. He had 39 and a half tackles for loss in college. Damn. He had 12 and a half sacks in college at linebacker. Hmm. So I'm telling you, watch out for him. He's a probably he's a deep stash type of kid, but he's somebody that I'm keeping an eye on for sure in his second year. Nice, great. Great, great, great sleeper pick there. I like that a lot. And he's definitely a guy that is on my radar now. Um, all right. I mean, we know Logan Ryan didn't resign. We're not really sure what's going on with him there. Um, so I feel like well, we he got... went to the Jets. Oh, did he? When did I miss that? How did yeah. I miss that? 
half. I was afraid. This is two weeks in a row we've had this conversation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so stupid. All right. Well, there you go. Logan Ryan's on the Jets now. Um, let's move on to the Texans, shall we? Let's wrap this bad boy up. Now, this is a team that has some some pretty good guys. They're a little top-heavy, you know. Uh, you're going to have J.J. Watt, who is coming back off of another year with an injury. But he's still J.J. Watt. And he still had, you know, 21 quarterback hits in the 10 games. What did he play, 10? 10 games last season, I believe. Eight games played. Three pass deflections. That's something, again, J.J. Watt's always been good at is getting you those extras. You know, he does get pass deflections. He'll bat some balls down. Four tackles for a loss. Two fumble recoveries last year in eight games. Only four sacks. But, again, he did have 21 quarterback hits. And he had a very high number of quarterback pressures, too, in just those eight games. I think he was up into the 50s already. Um, you'll have to double check me on that, guys. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was up into the 50s just in those eight games on pressures. Uh, coming back this year, I have him firmly in my D defensive or DL ones. I mean, I have him at number five right behind Nick Bosa going into this year just because, you know, when he's healthy and he claims to be healthy, I mean, JJ Watt is the cream of the crop. Um, he's not probably not number one just because there is that risk in the back of your mind that maybe he does go down again and you only get him for a half a season. But even if you're just doing him for half a season, the half season is going to be very productive for you. He'll probably help get you to the playoffs, which is what we all want at the end of the day. Just get me to the playoffs and let my guys do what they got to do. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, I'll be pretty bummed about it. What, what are you expecting from TJ or not TJ, JJ Watt coming into this season though, Jared? I mean, do you think he's going to break two sacks? Do I think he breaks 10 sacks? Yes. Are we saying he stays healthy? Yes. I'll say he stays healthy. 10 sacks? Yeah, 100%. All right, good. I'm with you there. If J.J. Watt stays healthy, he's without a doubt a top five guy. Breach. That's the problem with him, though. How, how many and – I, and I don't feel like I'm reaching at all with J.J. Watt. You know, just like T.J. Watt. I mean – we are both – we both love T.J. Watt. He's my favorite Watt brother in the aspect that, well, he stays healthy. Um, uh, my biggest thing is will he stay healthy? You know, will J.J. Watt stay healthy? Because, dude, he's had a year – I mean, you look at a couple of years, and, I, and I'll have to – you know, my buddy Brandon, you guys know him. He's really big on throwing me stats every now and then. Uh, and Steve's going to have to check this out. How many quarterback hits did J.J. Watt have a couple years ago when he just blew up and led the league in quarterback hits? Yeah, like 50. You know, it was crazy, dude. It, it was it's it was a monster number. It was something ridiculous. And yeah. had, something like yeah. that, J.J. Watt is, is the guy. He had 51 and 50 two years in a row. That's ridiculous, game. dude. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you know, that's that's 50 points. So it you know, and if, if he's a point per league guy and some you know, IDP one, two, three scoring, he's a point that's a point. That's 50 points. That's 50 points that climbs a chart. I mean, we'll talk about this. We give you an idea. Josh Allen, who we we're in love with, was the top ten guy at 23. Yeah. So what do you expect that, you know, something like this? You know, J.J. Watt is, is that guy. Um, something that I can tell you people are really high on, and he's climbing charts right now because J.J. is always hurt, is Charles Menehue. Um, 
I don't like giving this guy's love. I'm from Oklahoma. You guys understand this, right? But I'm going to give the third Texas guy uh, love in a week. Charles Menehue is climbing charts. You know, in, in a rookie season, playing very s- small snap count last year, had a quiet, pretty good year. They drafted Ross Blaylock and uh, another guy who I'm not even about to butcher his name. So I'm going to just call him Double A. You know, you guys will check that out. Uh <laughs> But I will not butcher that guy's name. Um, so watch out for Charles Menehue. Watch out for Ross Blacklock um, moving in. Because I think Vander does. I think he probably takes his spot eventually uh, sooner than later if he actually gets a camp in. Uh, Whitney Merciless is solid at linebacker, you know, as a rush linebacker. Zach Cunningham is a stud. But Art McKinney had a had a quiet good year last year. Um but when he when we buckle all down, JJ Watt, do I think he gets 50 quarterback hits again? Dude, that's a crazy number. He needed it twice. Uh, I'm gonna go with 35. Yeah, I think you 35 know. is a very reasonable number for him, and I think that's a good goal for him. And if he hit that number 35, I mean that would put him into the top 10 for sure, probably a DL just based on that fact alone. You have to imagine he's converting a good number of those into sacks. Um, let's talk about Zach Cunningham, who you brought up a second ago. Cunningham, you know, 142 tackles, 99 solos. I believe he led the AFC in uh, tackles this last year. Uh, he's a guy that when I hear people talking about their linebackers and their rankings, and even myself, he just doesn't get the, uh, the amount of love he gets is not uh, proportionate with what he actually does for your fantasy team. Uh, I was looking at my rankings for redraft, and I – you know, I had him at 16 or 17, and I was looking. I had Fred Warner at 12, and I was just like, man, like, it feels it feels like blasphemy to have Fred Warner ahead of Zach Cunningham, just, you know, when you really, really think about it. And I see Steve here in the background. If you guys can see Steve, he's like, he's going nuts over here. He, I think he agrees with me. So I had to make a little shift. I moved Zach Cunningham up to 13. I still have Fred Warner at 12, but I'm just going to be completely honest. Fred Warner is probably going to be behind Zach Cunningham by the time, you know, mid-July comes around. And, I've, you know, when I really dig into it again, just because Fred Warner is a good player. We had a couple of really big games, like monster games in the middle of the season that really kind of helped inflate his overall score. Um, Zach Cunningham, you know, I'm not huge on bread and butter tackler guys, but he does a little bit of the other stuff that I like, and he's a big tackle guy. So Zach Cunningham needs a little bit more love, y'all. Starting, you know, right here, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody but myself. So I moved him up my rankings a little bit, and I think that he's, you know, I think I don't, I think that what we saw last year is going to be close to what he can do every year. Um, and like you said, Bernard Kennedy was definitely serviceable and useful for them, and was a good teammate for him to have on the field. But it seems like the that defense is kind of transitioning to being Zach Cunningham's defense. So, anyway. yeah, I like it. Like I said, Zach Cunningham's a hard guy. Um, but I'll be, you know, I'm going to throw shade back to you and off subject. Fred Warner's going to be a top 10 linebacker this year, and I'm willing to bet on it. Oh, yeah. Top 10, eh? You know what to say? I'll have to uh, consult my magic eight ball before I start throwing money around. But I do love me some uh, Freddie Prince Warner just as much as the next guy. 
I mean, that's the fun thing. I mean, these are both, I mean, these two guys were talking about them and Jayon Brown, you know, who we just talked about a minute ago. I mean, these are kind of the up and comers who are going to be probably guys that we're talking about the next three to five years as, you know, top 10, top 15 linebackers. So we do need to get used to saying their names and we do need to consider, you know, long-term and short-term value. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, it's very close. Like I said, I, I have them both back to back, but there's just a couple other guys that I think will just do a little bit more than Fred Warner. Again, I have a little hesitancy because he did have about one or two games in the middle of the season where he had like a random sack or two just out of nowhere, really boosted his score up. Um, but as an overall player, I mean, Fred Warner has definitely shown himself to be one of the better linebackers in the league. Um, he's fast, too. I mean, his sideline to sideline speed is kind of shocking. So reminds me a little bit of Devin Bush. But um, do we want to talk about their safeties? I mean, Justin Reed, he still had like 70-ish tackles, I believe, last year while he was busted up. He was hurt all season, guys. I mean, he got hurt in that hurt first all. He got hurt in that first or second game, and he just did not come through the way we thought he would. He still was okay. You could play him certain weeks, and I did, but he did not. I thought he was going to push into the top 15 um, defensive backs last year, but you know, hit bum shoulder. I forget what game it was. It was the first game or the second game of the year. He hit somebody. I think it was Leonard Fournette, and it just did not work out well for him. So, you want to talk about a team that has a ton of safeties on their team? Um, they have. I think they have seven safeties on their roster right now. Um, and I like Eric Murray, who just came over there. Uh, but only, there's so much talk about them signing Eric Reed, you know, and having the Reed brothers. I mean, especially with everything that's going on, uh, a lot of people believe that they're already the closest team to get Eric Reed, you know, and with everything going on in the world, it would be a good sign for them personally. And I would love to see it. I think, Fantasy football players would like to see Eric Reed because, I mean, he blew up last year tackle-wise. Um, I don't think he's going to be super expensive. And I think Justin and him together would be really solid. That would be fun to watch. As much as I like Eric Murray coming over from Cleveland, um, I just see Justin Reed sitting right next to his brother by the end of the season, if not beginning of the season, you know, if we see everything happening. So, uh, that's my only things about them. Um, you want to talk about a team that's kind of set on their their age group, and, and it might be their coach. He likes veteran players, man. I mean, there's not a rookie player that he, they're like, oh, well, he's going to be the guy. Now I think Ross Blacklock moves in there and uh, drops Eddie Vander does, and he's gone. But I think Ross Black, you know, in general, he likes older, you know, experienced players. But his are number two, you know, as a head coach after the worst trade in NFL history. Yeah, that was I'm sorry. I can't get over that. I'm, there's there's fine, there's fantasy drafts. There's no way that would happen, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. I, you're right. And that should tell you everything you need to know right there. So, but anyway, so, I think that covers every, you know, we covered the front and the back in the middle of each of these teams for the AFC South. Um, you know, hopefully the IDP Army, you know, got some good information out of this. Let's bring old man Steve back in here, shall we? What up, Steve? Hey, what's up? Not much. How you doing? How we oh, do? 
Oh, you know, you did great. Um, yeah, I think Zach Cunningham is going to get a lot more uh, tackles this year. I think they're going to be the, that defense is going to be on the field a lot more this year. I mean, yeah. well, he's got Brandon Cooks or uh, uh, Watson's got Brandon Cooks and uh, old broken man Fuller to throw to this year, right? Yeah, Fuller, Mills, yeah. and um, Cooks, mm-hmm. all, and all fast busted. Yep. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I just it doesn't look good for him. Nice. They got I, David Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> He's gonna be the. He, well, I'm telling you, David Johnson. Dude, going, man, you know gonna get the ball. He's yeah. He's got a chance to prove it again. <laughs> He's gonna tote the rock. I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. yeah. What was Carlos it? Hyde. Carlos what Hyde was first Yards per carry this last season is like 3.9 or something like that. I mean, it wasn't great, but he's going to a better offensive line. And Carlos Hyde had his first thousand yard season of his career last year mm-hmm. in Houston. So people, I think people need to. And he's trash. I don't think Carlos Hyde's trash necessarily. <laughs> I think he's been, oh, yeah? he's ended up in a lot of he's bad on, situations. He's on his sixth, bro, he's on his 16th. Yeah, and, and each one of those teams has been bad while he's been there. He was on the Niners. And when was bad. Was he was on the Browns when they were bad. He was on the Jags when they were always, bad. He was a bad the, situation for he Carlos was on the for like a couple of weeks. In he, needed the that, he needed that golden opportunity to make it make it a good uh, season, huh? Mm, I'm just saying, Carlos Hyde needs to get a little more love than he gets. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm sure he gets plenty of love at home, homie. I bet he'll be pretty good. I bet people will start liking him. No. There's no way taking Connor's Woo-wee. Suddenly, Carlos Hyde's cool. <laughs> and and I still don't understand how you didn't have Devin White in your in your top 12. I don't have yeah. – I mean uh, – You I'm said – I great. just got – There's just he two – <laughs> Levante <laughs> David, man, he's not gone. Levante David's still the guy there. I mean, he's he should be in the top ten, top twelve before Devin White, especially in redraft. Devin White's got a lot to prove to me still. He made a lot of his points on big plays last year. He only had like ninety some on tackles. Sure, he only played thirteen games, which is good, but he still hasn't done it. And I would, I trust, you know, I, he really I, only played eleven games. Yeah, and I mean, people be like, "Well, you have Devin White in your top ten, yeah, or Devin Bush." But I'm like, "Yeah, but I, I, Devin Bush played all twelve, all sixteen. I think Devin Bush was the under. I mean, he's the un unquestioned starter now, and I don't think he's going to get rotated in and out this year because I mean, they just don't have that option because of some of the moves they've made. So, I think Bush over White this year, and I think still Bush that, is. You still got that flame, don't you? Hey, you're riling me up. I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I had to. I know. Fun. All right. Well, that's all I got. Um, we're doing AFC East or West next week. I'm not sure, guys. You'll you'll figure. You'll find out when you when you tune in. We'll let you know. Um, yeah. No news. No updates for me. I mean, it's just should have a guest next week too. Yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood. We're supposed to have a guest today, guys, and just or yesterday things just didn't work out. So hopefully that not the situation next week. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm ready to close it out. IDP Army, appreciate you. Love you. Follow, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Yada, 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 yada. Until next week. Let's go, let's go, let's go. In a world where-
wormhole, probably about to burn In a white tunnel, are you ever gonna learn? See and land, probably gonna merge Gonna be dead, laying in the dirt Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd Play your part, girl gon' turn At heart, girl gon' learn